0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is the best football weekend of the year, as far as I'm concerned. Action started last night with the Egg Bowl. Got some good games today and even better games tomorrow. Good morning. It is Friday, November 26th. You're listening to the College Football Daily. Hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving and is firmly entrenched on their couch, doing their cyber shopping and ready to watch a lot of football. We have a a different type of preview episode today with Blake Brockermeyer, 24-7 sports college football analyst because I was so bad at my picks last week going over three on the college football daily and dropping my against the spread record this year to 23 and 13. I did not think I was qualified to do a Vegas type of preview this week. So we're sitting that out and instead we're guessing and predicting the headlines of the uh, the biggest games of this week. Some of the games that we're talking about are Friday games. So you know what, if you're listening to this on Saturday, this, it's irrelevant and, and maybe I'm, we we're right and maybe we are wrong. Uh, I will give out three picks right now. I say give out as if you're paying to listen to this, and then we're just going to get to Blake. I've got Oregon State plus seven against Oregon in what was formerly known as the Civil War. Big rivalry game. I think Oregon wins to keep its Pac 12, to, to win the Pac 12 North, but I, I trust Oregon State. I like Oregon State a lot. I think they keep it within seven. I got Michigan plus eight in the game. Again, I think Ohio State wins, but I think it's going to be a close one. I like eight more than a touchdown. I think Blake Corrin comes back. I think Michigan found something with Donovan Edwards last week week. Defensively, it's going to be a new look for Ryan Day. Hasn't seen this defensive coordinator yet. Don Brown's gone. He's done victimizing Don Brown. He's got a new guy guy to focus on. So I like Michigan covering eight. I think it'd be fun to see them win. I'm just going to say it. And then in Bedlam, I've got Oklahoma plus four. This is a now or never time for Oklahoma. If you don't win this one, you're probably not going to be in the big 12 title game. This was my preseason national title pick. I'm going to have to do it. Plus four, that's a good situation for me. Oklahoma State hasn't beaten Oklahoma in a long time. Lincoln Riley is going to have something up his sleeve, maybe. If, if this gets into a shootout, which Oklahoma State's praying it doesn't, that does not bode well for the Cowboys and bodes very well for the Sooners. So I will at least take them covering four. All right, here's Blake Brockermeyer. Okay, Blake Brockermeyer joins us right now. I had no business picking lines or doing Vegas stuff with college football. So, Blake, we just wanted to have a little bit of fun and just kind of I don't know predict these games and, and kind of predict the storylines within the game and and just sort of throw some stuff at the wall and see what sticks so this is not an original idea predicting headlines I think a lot of different podcasts do this it's a it's a constant idea that a ton of other people do but I, I think we'll have some fun with it so we'll just we'll just go back and forth uh, we'll we'll alternate I'll kick things off though for you if that's cool with you sounds good all right all right I'll kick things off. With with one Friday game, you don't have to comment on this. And this episode runs Friday morning, so like if you're listening to this on Saturday, I don't know. Uh, but Texas Kansas State Saturday morning or, or Friday morning, uh, eleven a.m. Central. The post game headline: Sark says, "Come one, come all." No idea if Texas or Kansas State wins, Blake. But the post game storyline at the end of Texas's season, whether they're four and eight or five and seven, will be. All right, that thing's over with. Come on down, transfer quarterback. Come on down, transfer lineman. And you You don't. You don't need a comment here. Come on down, transfer defensive players. Sark's already said they're going to go after like eight transfers. The attrition should be off the charts. That's uh. That's my take for for post game for for Texas. And Kansas State, Blake, and uh, I, I think it's you know not having to predict who wins that game is is fair for me too because that's a two point spread, and I have no idea which which team's going to show up on either side of the football. All right, I am going to give you one. You ready for your first one? All right, I'm ready. okay, Blake, hit you with a big one: Ohio State versus Michigan, the game Saturday morning. Tell me your headline.
1: Ohio State narrowly wins their ninth game in a row over Michigan. They keep their playoff hopes alive
0: the keyword there is narrowly so you are i'm i'm pleased to hear that Blake you're thinking this is going to be a good game
1: yeah i just did a did a study on the two defenses that gave ohio state the most issues and kind of gave michigan a blueprint for how to attack them which was nebraska and uh Penn State and uh, I think both both teams did some things that I think Ohio, that, that Michigan will obviously watch and do and I think Penn State kind of matches up a little bit like Michigan does defensively so Ohio State's offense is a juggernaut and they're going to get theirs but I think Michigan's uh, edge players especially can cause some problems and I think the game will hopefully be a close good game for once. I really li- am liking
0: Jim Harbaugh right now, and I'm hoping that he keeps it close enough to where we can avoid the annoying Jim Harbaugh. I mean, people are going to talk about that anyway, but if they keep it close, and I think the line's eight uh, as we record right now on Tuesday afternoon, then that's good enough for me. All right. I'll give you another one, another rivalry on Saturday Clemson at South Carolina. Clemson's an 11 and a half point favorite. The headline afterward, still simple, simple piece of text up on like the Greenville News or something, still the state champs. Clemson does not have that much to play for in this one. Their ACC divisional hopes are still alive, but they need some help. They need Wake Forest to lose. They need NC State to lose. So whatever, they're just going to go play for state supremacy. I think they remind South Carolina that they're... Uh, South Carolina's got a little bit of a ways to go to reach that program. So on a down year for Clemson, I think they're going to walk into williams Bryce Stadium and easily cover the 11.5 and maybe sort of pour water on, on Shane Beamer. And the gamecocks after after those guys got a big win over Auburn.
1: I agree with that. I will say this: South Carolina is, has been one of the big kind of shocking programs to me. I, I went into the season having absolute zero expectations for them. I thought they would possibly win two or three games max. And it seems like every single time I watch them, they're beating my expectations and doing doing well. So hats off to Shane Beamer. Obviously, if they could win this game, that would be monumental. This might be the last chance to get Clemson for a while. So we'll mm-hmm. see.
0: We'll see. Yep. All right, Blake, give you another big one. Saturday, 3.30 Eastern on CBS. I'm alternating between Eastern and Central. It's whatever. It's Thanksgiving week. We all have senioritis. Alabama is a 19.5 point favorite over Auburn in the Iron Bowl. Give me your post game headline.
1: Bama gets some calls and beats Auburn at Jordan Hare for the first time since 2015.
0: Is the get some calls a sarcastic nod to T.J. Finley, or do you actually think it'll be close?
1: No, I think it's a sarcastic nod to to Bo Nix. Oh, that's what I meant. That's good. what. I mean. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I think you know Auburn's. Kind of had Alabama's number, Jordan Hare, for a few years. So I think, even though this isn't maybe Nick Saban's best Alabama team he's had, I think they still uh, get a win there in a in a in a good game that's going to be close as it always is. And uh, sad that I'll miss it, but hopefully this is the last one I don't go to.
0: I was a few weeks ago really excited about the Iron Bowl, and Auburn has not held up. It's in, it's into the bargain with with the collapses the last few weeks. The Bo Nix injury was unfortunate. I thought this was actually going to be a shot where Alabama could go down a few weeks ago, but it just Auburn just doesn't have it. So I agree with you. I, I like that headline; it's very creative. Get some calls. Um, all right, Oregon, Oregon State. It's my turn. The Civil War. Is, I think what they used to call it. I don't think they call that anymore. Three thirty Eastern on Saturday at the same time as the Iron Bowl. Oregon is a seven-point favorite. I love Oregon State, but my post-game headline is a rosy finish for Oregon. So if Oregon wins this game, they go to the Rose Bowl or they, they have the potential to go to the Rose Bowl because they're still alive and, and they're going to go play in the Pac-12 championship against Utah. If they lose this game, they're out of the mix. Would be an absolute disaster for Mario Cristobal's program to not even get to the Pac-12 championship this season in a year in which they went to Ohio State and won and were number three in the playoff rankings. I don't think they're going to fall apart quite like that I actually sort of like their chances to to not only beat Oregon State, but then go beat Utah and then play in the Rose Bowl. I just think that would be a little bit ironic. But uh, anyway, yeah, I think Oregon gets focused up and beats their arch rival, who they lost to last year. Uh, even though I I think I might like Oregon State to cover.
1: I disagree with you on this one, but but we'll see.
0: You know what? I thought about, I thought about going to Oregon State. I am a big Oregon State guy. I just, I don't know. I'm pretty sure Oregon State will cover, but... Here's the thing: If if Mario Cristobal can't get Oregon focused enough to win this game and, and still have enough pride to to beat Oregon State and play for a Pac-12 championship, then I think we need to start talking about him a little differently. Is all yours? This I'm I'm excited for you on this one because I, I have no idea which way this game's going to go. Game I've been watching since I was a kid. Bedlam, 7:30 Eastern, Saturday night. Oklahoma at Oklahoma State in Stillwater. Oklahoma State is a four-point favorite. Imagine saying that before the season started. Blake, what is the post-game headline?
1: Relentless pokes defense too much for Sooners. First win since 2014. Yeah, and so
0: in our notes section, I wrote, wow. So you really think Oklahoma State's going to snap the streak?
1: Yeah, I mean, their defense is really an amazing group of players. They play a great style of defense, my favorite style of defense that, the, that, you, that you can play, kind of the robber-type defense. And, I mean, they're good. I mean, watching them – I mean, I watched them against West Virginia a couple of weeks ago, and, I mean, they just – were just destroyed those guys. I mean, I think they had like 10 or 12 sacks against them. So I think, you know, it'll be a great game. I know uh, OU has very little respect for Oklahoma State. I think that, you know, I've had uh, a friend of mine who coached there at one point told me that this was the most lopsided rivalry in college football. So I think Oklahoma State gets them. It's at night. It's a perfect Perfect recipe for upset, and uh, but you know Oklahoma is going to be tough, so it'll be a great game. I hope, and uh, I think Oklahoma going to get Oklahoma State's going to get them. So
0: if Oklahoma loses, I think they're out of the Big Twelve title game unless Baylor also loses. So that means that a team that had preseason top five, a preseason top five ranking, everyone wrote them in for the playoff. I think I picked. I, I did. I won't say I think I picked them for the national championship. How are we talking about Oklahoma the next few months if if they don't even make the Big 12 championship game?
1: I think it's obviously a disappointment. I had them as one of the top two teams in the country going into the season myself, uh, which, you know, I had high expectations. I thought, obviously Spencer Rattler was going to be the quarterback and Caleb Williams has done an amazing job. But I think the defense has been a huge disappointment. Uh, Their secondary, every time I watch them, uh, is getting roasted relentlessly every single time, every single game. So uh, Oklahoma State offense is kind of eh, not great, but uh, I think that, that they'll We'll have to see how it goes, but I think it'll be an interesting offseason, and and who knows? I mean, Lincoln Riley, I mean, might not even come back to Oklahoma. I mean, there's there's a chance I could see him going going to Florida or LSU. So I mean, that could happen as well. Who knows?
0: Yeah, or maybe the Dallas Cowboys fall apart and Jerry Jones gets uh, itchy on Mike McCarthy. So uh, I don't know. I, I'll keep that rumor alive forever. All right, Saturday afternoon, Wisconsin at. Minnesota. Minnesota is a seven-point dog. My headline here: simple. Braylon Allen carries Wisconsin to Indianapolis. If Wisconsin wins, they are in the Big 12 title game against what looks to be Ohio State, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. If your headline's correct for Saturday, uh, Braylon Allen. I don't know if you've watched much of this guy, Blake, but he was—he's a true freshman. We ranked him as a linebacker at 24/7 Sports a, as a number 219 player in the country. He had some running back experience in high school, of course. He wears number zero. He's 6'2, two, nearly 240 pounds. He has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight games with 100 yards rushing or more, including 228 and three touchdowns last week against a very good Nebraska defense. I think he does it again against Minnesota. And I think he uh, becomes maybe for a little bit of a day the talk of college football. So simple enough, and, and we'll move on. But if you guys haven't watched Braylon Allen run the football, I encourage you to go do so. Penn State, Michigan State for you, Blake. Penn State. Is well, they just announced a James Franklin uh, extension, so he's their guy moving forward, for better or for worse. They are one point favorite. That, wow, wow, that's a weird line. They are a one point favorite on the road in East Lansing on Saturday afternoon. What's your headline?
1: Sparty rebounds and they held Walkers held in check again. I think watching Penn State. Uh, the, a few times this year, their defense is very impressive to me. Uh, they have really good edge players. They have great athleticism. I think that their uh, their scheme, they have a really good scheme. And I think that they'll figure out a way to to stop Kenneth Walker the third. But I do think Sparty rebounds and uh, coach gets his massive payday. Everybody's happy. But I think it'll be, it'll be a typical tough nose, big, big 10 defensive battle. But I think Michigan state being at home rebounds and gets a very close win against a very good Penn state defense. The
0: loser of this game will be sorely disappointed because that means either Penn state finishes the year at seven and five or Michigan state finishes a dream season at nine and three, which uh, is a great year for them, but, but not quite what they had hoped a few weeks ago. Uh, I'm jumping back to Friday. I had forgotten this one uh, a fun under-the-radar rivalry game. Iowa at Nebraska. Iowa is only a one-and-a-half-point favorite. It was three-and-a-half. No, I'm... Yeah, it, the, wait, sorry. Blake, this line has swung so much. This was... I'm, I'm looking this up. Yeah, this was... Uh, Nebraska opened as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Adrian Martinez will not play, and now the line is Nebraska is a one-and-a-half-point dog. So that line has swung a ton. Uh, I thought it was stinky to begin with. Nebraska is not going to beat Iowa, and so my headline is: Here lies the best three and nine team of all time. Because if Nebraska loses, that's what they are: three and nine. And uh, look, I mean, you can talk all 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 about close finishes and and coulda woulda shouldas and special teams lapses, but if you're three and nine, you're three and nine. That's what you are. And so, uh, but you're bringing Scott Frost back from a three and nine team, thinking that you can maybe be a few plays away from eight and four. I don't quite buy. The logic. Uh, give me yours for Cincinnati and East Carolina. Blake, uh, uh, I think what what's on the line here, I since East Carolina has been a little bit of a surprise, pleasant surprise this season, uh, and this is on a Friday afternoon as well. Uh, Cincinnati going to East Carolina, and East Carolina is a 14-point dog.
1: Since he keeps playoff hopes alive, Houston is up next. I think since he wins this game, my guys at SMU said that that is the real deal, real deal team and that they they got dudes i know east carolina is a tough out at home but i think cincinnati is kind of i i would expect them to be in the in the uh the final four tonight when they mm-hmm. do the playoffs which they should be i think i mean it's a two-year body of work so they kind of see the future and Houston's going to be a tough game coming up, but they got to get past East Carolina first. But I think that they win on the road and uh, keep keep their dreams alive.
0: You've been talking about Houston for a few weeks now. So I think that'll be a really fun American Conference Championship when that happens. Also on Friday, I'm jumping around dates. Who cares? Apple Cup, one of the, my favorite games in college football. I don't know why. Washington State at Washington Friday night, 8 o'clock Eastern. Washington is a one-point dog. My headline here, the streak is over and Wazoo's Pac-12 North hopes are still alive. I had it up earlier. I'm pulling it up now. It's been quite some time since Washington State beat Washington. If you remember, Washington would always sort of limp into this game, whereas Washington State, when they had Mike Leach, would come in red hot and you'd predict a Washington State win and then Jimmy Lake would shut those guys down. Washington State has not won this game since 2012. I am convinced. They win this game on Friday. And if Washington State wins and Oregon loses to Oregon State, then Washington State is in the Pac 12 title game. All right. Blake, North Carolina, NC State. Uh, This is also on Friday evening. North Carolina traveling to NC State. Uh, NC State is a five and a half point favorite. Sam Howe did not play last week. What's your headline?
1: Wolfpack win shootout to stay alive. I think it'll be a high-scoring game. I think these two. This this is usually a pretty high-scoring game the years that I can remember watching it. Which is, it's usually an interesting game, but I think NC State uh, is going to beat them, and I think it'll be a upper forties to fifties type game. I think they'll both score a ton of points and uh it'll be a be a fun game. But I think North Carolina's obviously had a disappointing season. I thought that they would be a much better team. And NC State, I kind of thought would be a pretty good team and they've turned out to be kind of exactly what I thought they would be. So uh it'll be a it'll be a, it'll be a fun game to keep up with and see what happens. Yeah I hope we
0: get a fully operational Sam Howe. All right I've got Wake Forest Boston College. This is Saturday morning, noon Eastern. The ACC implications here are, you know, it's this weird Wake Clemson NC State thing, but Wake has to win. If Wake beats Boston College, uh, it, it is in the conference championship game. I don't think that's going to happen. My headline, which I forgot to put on the sh- on the sheet, Blake, and I'm going to come up with right now is Dream Season falls flat. And that's a headline about Wake Forest. I tried to uh, get in a Phil Dracovic or a Jeff Halfley pun there. I don't know. I think Boston College wins. I know that they, they they didn't play how they wanted to last week against Florida State. I think they get it done, though. I think maybe Jeff Halfley, who's a brilliant defensive mind, studies what Brent Venables did last week to totally do, derail a Wake Forest offense that that I know you're, you're moderately at least impressed with. And, and I think Boston College gets it done and, and not exposes Wake Forest. I don't want to say that. I think... I think Wake Forest going nine and three in any college football season is absolutely something to write home about. But I think it, Boston College at least keeps Wake out of the ACC title game. All right, for you, one of the one of the best rivalries that no one talks about, but I hear a lot about it here, living in Nashville. Saturday night, seven thirty Eastern, Kentucky at Louisville. Louisville is a two and a half point favorite. I don't think anyone would have predicted that line two two months ago, Blake. What is your headline?
1: I think my headline for this is Kentucky runs wild over Louisville wins classic. I think Kentucky's going to get their monster offensive line, their two running backs, and just run on louisville i think louisville is going to run on kentucky but i think kentucky is going to master and run on the football and is going to win a game that is going to come down to the last possession or even overtime and i think it's going to be a a, a classic great game malik cunningham louisville after the old miss game this year my expectations of louisville were pretty much zero Mm-hmm. And they have come come back to really surprise me, and uh, and really had a, a a really good year compared to what I thought they would have. So I think it'll be a great game, but I think Kentucky's going to get them just because of their size and physicality. And uh, but I think it'll be a, a classic game. Yeah, a little SEC
0: ball versus a little ACC ball. Great point. I totally forgot about that Ole Miss-Louisville game. But after that one, I thought uh, Scott Satterfield would be searching for a job. And, and they've done a nice job to rally. All right. The last game I'm picking a headline for. Saturday afternoon, Tulsa at SMU. SMU is a six and a half point favorite. This game really isn't relevant at all, except for the headline I'm about to give you. And that is Sonny Dykes says goodbye. The reporting done by 24-7 Sports this week. Chris Hummer, you, Jeremy Clark, and uh, Billy Embody. It looks like TCU is zeroing in on hiring Dykes away from SMU. And uh, I, I guess reading the tea leaves, Blake, is that, that that might happen Saturday afternoon. It could happen Sunday morning. And if so, Blake, uh, answer, just, just answer me this. Like what sort of, we don't want to get too much into it, but if Sonny Dykes left, would SMU fans and boosters understand or do you think there'd be bitterness?
1: Oh, no. <laughs> There's a lot of bitterness. <laughs> this will not go over well. Uh, with the SMU community at all, so I think it's not going to end well for a great parting. And obviously, these these teams, at least SMU views TCU as a as a rival. Uh, I think TCU kind of recently kind of got woken up by a sleeping giant the last two times they played by getting beat by SMU. So I think they'll, they'll, they probably take them a little more seriously now, but it's kind of been a lopsided rivalry, but uh, I think uh, this will add some juice to the rivalry with Dykes going to the, to the rival. That'll be fun. All
0: right. Last one period. You're probably wondering why you had to write a headline here for this. Uh, I don't know. It looked fun in the moment, Saturday night, late, 10.30 10.30 Eastern, BYU at USC, the final game of the Dante Williams era as an interim coach. USC is no, a 7-point. No, point. It's not, no? It's not. no, you're right. They had they the postponement to postpone it with Cal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, their, no. Their,
1: their punishment is they got, they, got, oh, no. they got to play the Cal game. Oh, oh, that's horrible. They got punished for the, 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 the cow, uh, COVID. COVID. Yeah. The COVID
0: overreaction. Um,
1: all right.
0: What's your headline here for BYU, USC,
1: BYU beach, USC in front of the smallest crowd in USC history. Oh man. It's gonna be like
0: 10 fans there, huh? Yeah.
1: Did you see the pictures that, that were circulating the internet last week with the crowd before the the UCLA game of all games? I mean, there, it's, was like, uh, it's bad. there was like 500 people in the stands, it seemed like. But, yeah, it's crazy. But uh, USC will be back one of these days and be back to where they, they were. But you never know how long it takes to get back where you were. I, I, you always think it's going to be a lot sooner than it actually is. So yeah. uh, we'll see. They're, they'll hire someone, I'm sure, that's going to be good. And But I think BYU will beat them.
0: Uh, mercifully, in the season, sometimes you just get to the point where you're just ready for it to be over. All right, Blake, thanks for doing that. We'll see how we do. Uh, I don't know if either of us will go, you know, work for the local newspaper after this, but we'll, we'll stick on the podcast and uh, and uh, appreciate you doing that with me. Happy Thanksgiving, all right?
1: Happy Thanksgiving to you too. My pleasure.
0: All right, thanks to Blake for for playing predict the headlines with me and and hope some of my picks, all maybe all three of them. We're winners, so enjoy the football. Thank you for listening to the College Football Daily. Thank you to our producer, Lance Glenn. He built a ton of episodes this week on Monday and Tuesday in advance of the holiday week, and we're appreciative and and thankful for your work, Lance. We will be back on Monday. I'm sure we're going to have plenty to talk about on next Monday's edition of the College Football Daily. Have a great weekend. Okay, picture this.